Well, we have um, our Uganda team. Thanks for praying. We have um, some people over in Uganda. They just finished up their work, and they're going to soon begin their two-day journey back. So thank you for praying. Ninety people gave their lives to the Lord. Um, and it's wonderful. They, it, it'll be fun to hear their stories um, because it's just it's just so cool. One woman was... Um, a Muslim believer, but all her children was there. And at the end of them sharing, she said, if my kids want to believe in Jesus, then they can. And all the kids wanted to. Um, so that was just one household. Um, so pray for them as they journey back. And then we have 10 people in Mexico right now beginning their ministry and their medical clinics today. So if you could pray for them as well. That's what's happening around the world in our family. Um, did I miss anything? Nope. Thanks. Well, we want to, we're going to be ending our, um, the series we're in right now, which is on scripture. Are you guys in? <laughs> we gotta have the scriptures. It's, it's all we have. The life of the Lord speaking to us. So we've been going through this. If you haven't gone through, we're going over this last couple months. What is the scriptures? How do we interpret it? Why should we read it? And how do we read it? And so if any of those things are still a wonderment, please keep going back. Thankfully, we have those YouTubes recorded. You can look just at those portions. Um, what's our inevitable end in how we're reading the scriptures individually? Guy went over this a couple weeks ago, and our always our goal is to be near and like Jesus. We're following after him. He says that we can be like him, and we can be near him. We're not on our own in this life. And the ways that we can read the Bible individually are through the Holy Spirit giving us his presence to be near him, and the power to be like him. Um, we we got to have the Holy Spirit if we're going to read the Bible. Um, and then the practices that we went through as a body, we're reading in a big picture. God went through many apps, many ways to, to get this, to skin this cat. I keep... That's like the I've won my that's, that's, that's the, the eighth that, time I've that's used the that this time. week. I told Anna you could use that one more time because cats have nine lives. Why is that? And the, the cat fr- will really be dead. Why is that the phrase coming to my mind? Big picture reading and meditative reading, and if you need more practices, there's there's many. There's no end to these practices. Is that all right? Have you guys been embarking on some of these? making some goals awesome the goal is to be near and like jesus and then we have gone through two weeks ago we shared that same thing we need the holy spirit but we got to be reading the bible together and we went through some of those practices the sword method lectio divina and reading the bible praying the bible together and always the goal is to be near and like him. It's not to say, here's this check mark, I did it. It's for us to live and follow him. So now, we're going to practice more. (laughs) We've got to. Here's the thing that Jesus said, if you hear my words and put them into practice, then you're going to be blessed. But if we don't know what his words are, how will we put them into practice? 
We've got to know what he's saying. We know the opinions of many people. But what is the universe, the God of the universe? What was his opinion? How is he telling us to live? That's what we need to know. So this is a worthwhile endeavor for us to stay in it. How are we going to do what he said? We have to know what he said. Are you with me? All right. Why is it important? Reading scripture together is normative. It's what all the people before us did. Only recently have we gotten to be able to read it individually. So this is very normal, really awesome practice that stands the test of time for us. Uh, We get to find out what did this author mean? What was he wanting to convey in his words? We get to understand who God is from each other, from having found the intent. What's the significance from each one of us with different gifts and viewpoints? And then we have accountability. You know, I I was thinking if, um, you know, I have a high value for my family and my friends and seeing that they live all over the country. But if I don't make a plan of when am I going to call them or when am I going to visit them, even though it's a high value for me, it probably won't happen. You know? If I have a high value for my body and working out, but I never make a plan of when I will... I I won't. And it's the same for this. Reading the Bible together, saying, guys, meet me on the stage at 11, is holding me, (laughs) is, is helping hold me accountable to do what's in my heart to do. I want to read the scripture. I want to know what God says. But it's giving me extra help to make a plan to do it with the people around me. And we get to chat together with the Holy Spirit. We need him in this endeavor. He has to make it clear to us. And so we get to do that together. So all that said, we want to practice the three things that we listed as what practices we can do together. Obviously, there's no end to the practices of how we could read the Bible together. But we want to model and continue to practice these three if we, if we could do these three, we'll become more knowledgeable about who God is, what he's done, and what that means for us. We can be near and like him. Is that okay? Yeah. So we'll start out with Lectio Divina. And there's, okay, this is my last time. There's more than one way to skin this cat. Oh, that's, good. That's, good. <laughs> that's, that's it for me. I'm never saying that phrase again. Um, that's dead. <laughs> uh, So some people read this passage three times, four, but it's all the same idea. We're getting a meditative reading in us, and we're we're seeking the Holy Spirit for what he wants to show us through the scriptures, to have it form and change us. And so the way that we'll do it today is we'll read it four times. The first one, we'll notice any word or phrase that uh, is being highlighted to us. Strikes you. We will then read it again, wait on the Lord and say, how is this, how does this apply to my life right now? What is that word being highlighted having to do with what's going on in me? And then the third reading will be, what is the Lord asking us to obey? What is he inviting us into because of this passage? And the fourth reading will be just asking the Lord, given his words, washing over us, can he give us the power to obey what he's asking of us? And uh, added bonus of the Lectio Divina is it's a way to memorize the scriptures as well. 
Okay, should we begin? We want to model this so that it'll be easy for you to put into practice. And you can do it along with us, and you can um, just be soothed by the sound of my voice, reading the very words of God over you. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we're going to be looking at Matthew 6 this morning. And um, guys, you with me? We're with you. Okay, I'm going to read this. And let's just ask the Lord what he wants to highlight to us. Okay. Matthew six nineteen through 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is... Ah! Sorry. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Lord, would you, what are you highlighting to us? The thing that striked me, struck me, was uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah, and for me it was, uh, you can't serve two masters. For me it was the word treasure was being highlighted, that the Lord really wants us to have treasure. Okay, we're going to read it again and just ask the Lord, what these things he's highlighting that are being highlighted what what how can we apply these in our life did you get did you guys get something that was highlighted to you okay we'll read it again hopefully we can memorize it by the end do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Lord, how is this affecting our lives? What say you, Israel? Yeah, I think for me, the, the part that uh, feels like it applies to my life right now is I, 
I experienced in my life a lot of temptations to give to the Lord of these certain areas of my life, but then hold these other ones uh, myself and to not surrender everything. And so hearing that uh, I can't serve two masters is, is helpful um, to know, man, I, I want to give all of my life. I want to give everything over to the care of God. I just felt like the Lord was saying to me that he wants me to have treasure that remains and lasts forever. And uh, that that's something that I can actively seek and that it's not stingy or greedy to desire to accumulate lots of heaven, lots, lots of treasure that will remain and that that's something I can give myself over to and that it would be a wise thing to do. <laughs> it's good, John, Israel. Yeah, what I, I felt was that just with the treasure of the Lord wants me to have treasure, but real treasure. So how that's affecting my life is to change my mind and to come into the viewpoint of real treasure, not treasure that could be stolen or temporary or funded by the by money, but funded by God that is everlasting. So just a change of mind of what I'm headed for, knowing that it's he still wants me to have treasure, just real stuff. All right, let's ask him how we can obey him. Can, so this next step is, okay, but how am I really going to do this, right? Yeah. Is that what this is? Yeah. Cool. Lord, speak to us. How are we really going to do this? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness." If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Lord, how do you want us to obey you? This is such a powerful exercise. It, like, shocks me every time. It shouldn't, but... Um, yeah, I think for me, the, oftentimes the difference between storing up treasure on earth or in heaven is who... Um, whatever I'm doing, who am I doing it for? Um, and the Lord took me to um, the first three chunks of Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus is talking about, um, you know, when you fast when you pray and when you do good deeds, don't do them in order to be seen and noticed by people, but do them in order to be noticed by the Lord because he'll reward you when you do it in secret. And so I think for me practically, um, storing up treasure in heaven looks like being conscious to do the things that I'm doing unto the Lord and not in order to gain approval from people, from you guys. So, Thanks for sharing. Is that practical enough? 
No? No, I mean, it's what he's <laughs> it asking. Was it. it was a practical. It's what he's asking you to obey. Yeah. But I guess the practical is how will that play out for you, you know? I'll keep thinking. Yeah, we'll hold you accountable. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, just with what was highlighted to me, I, I, f- I felt like, um, yeah, what, where the Lord's inviting me to obey is to spend more time with my master. Um, I'm so tempted to let the other masters of my own desires where I think, uh, my treasures, where I'm going to find treasure, where I'm going to uh, find the greatest happiness. I'm tempted to let those things decide um, what to do. And so I guess mine is to to spend time with the master so he can give me more specific obediences, uh, more specific things that are going to lead me to that treasure. Thanks, Israel. I felt just what he was asking me to obey was to just... Um, be formed by his words and by his kingdom. So I'll need to read the Bible more regarding his kingdom because all around me, people are telling me, the world is telling me to acquire money and live wisely. But the Lord's saying that, but in a real way. I want you to acquire treasure and live wisely. And they're two different. One's a long-term thing and one's a short-term thing. So I need to change my mind, get my mind around some real, what his kingdom's like, rather than the world I'm living in. So, I guess reading scripture is my obedience. (laughs) Should we, we'll read one more time, and let's just ask the Lord to solidify in our hearts what he's saying, and to give us power to obey him. Jesus said to us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Lord, would you give us your power to obey you? These are your words that lead to life. Please help us to know them and put them into practice. We need your help to know you, and we need your help to obey you. Please, thank you for your words washing over us this morning. Would you help us to obey you? In Jesus' name. Can I pray too? Yeah. Lord, we know that this life is short, but that eternity is really long. So we want to be wise. We want to make wise investments. We don't just want to make investments that that are going to last, you know, the hundred years maybe that we live, but we want to make investments that are going to last forever. So Lord, give us the boldness and the courage to live in light of eternity and to be truly wise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So that was about, let's say, nine minutes, maybe eight minutes. Do you think you could read the scripture in that way with the people you know?
just read it over and over again, asking the Lord for insight, help for our lives and power. Let's just pause a moment and think, when could you do this practice? Who could you do it with? Jana, teach us. I'm going to take us through the sword method. So the sword method is simply reading a passage through the lens of three questions. The three questions being, what does this passage say about God? What does this passage say about us, about people? And is there a command to obey from this passage? Um, So normally I'd probably read it twice, but uh, I'm just going to read it once today. Is that good? So this is Matthew six twenty five through 34. So just the, the chunk of scripture that just immediately follows what Anna read. Lord, give us ears to hear your word. And again, the, the questions that we're uh, reading this through the lens of are, what does this say about God? What does this say about us? And is there a command to obey? So Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you have little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, Anna, what does this passage say about God? One thing I think I'm seeing that God is like multitasking, like he's caring for us, but also the birds, Mm -hmm. the fields, like he's able to do more than one thing at the same time. Is something I'm noticing about what he's like. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I'm seeing even just seeing the word kingdom um, towards the end of this passage here. I'm seeing him as a king. He's giving us the instruction to trust him, um, that he's dependable. And he, but he also, like you're saying, Anna, he cares. He's a good king, um, and he has all the resources that a king would have. But he cares about us, and he wants to take care of us. That's what I was thinking about, too, that he really, really cares about us. It just seems like Jesus is being emphatic here. If he cares about flowers, and if he's able to clothe Solomon, doesn't he much more care about you? Um, So he cares about us. That's what is sticking out to me. So what does this passage say about us, Anna? 
I think one thing it's saying about people is that like people who don't know God or pagans, people who worship animals and um, nature, they have to hustle and take care of themselves and work out like what they'll eat and what they'll wear. But the people who know God are known by God, and so they don't have to hustle and take care of those things. They are doing a different plan. So I just learned about people that they can run after these things, but the people of God mm. don't need to run after these things. Awesome. What about you, Israel? What is it? Yeah, I think I see in here twice some instruction from Jesus not to worry, which gives me the thought that uh, as human beings, we might have a tendency to worry a lot. And, um, yeah. and, and so <laughs> that's, that's helpful to realize about myself. Oh, man, I have a tendency to worry, and it doesn't seem like there's as much need to. Um, but also... I see that us as people, uh, we have need. Yeah. We're needy people, and that's not something to be embarrassed about or ashamed of. I have need. Um, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. I think for me, the thing I was seeing is just at the end there, that God really did design us to live within one 24-hour period of time. And uh, we don't have the capacity or the grace or the resources to just carry the burdens of tomorrow. But we really need to discipline ourselves to stay present um, in today with the cares that um, come in this, in this day. And I was thinking about this quote. Um, today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. So I just hear Jesus saying, you got to break out of this cycle. You know, this one 24 hour period is where I'm meeting you and giving you the resources that Mm. you need. And I'm not, you're not going to have what you need. You're going to be overwhelmed and crushed with burdens if you're living in any day other than this one day. So that's what I'm hearing the Lord say. Mm. Is there a command to obey Israel or Anna? You were going for it. Well, I, I think the command to obey is to seek first his kingdom. That's the trajectory for us. Other people who don't know God, they can hustle and take care of these things, but he'll take care of our business. We take care of his business. So seeking first his kingdom. I guess I got to to obey that, to read the Bible, to know what it means to seek his kingdom. Yeah. I love how you always you think like, okay, but how am I actually going to do this? You know, because if we don't get to that step, we're probably not actually going to do anything with it. So thanks, Anna. Thanks, John. What about you, Israel? Yeah, this word isn't written in there, but I see this invitation um, to trust, to trust that the Lord's going to provide. Can can I share a quick story? Yeah. Yeah, Earlier this week, it was really cool. I was kind of meditating on this passage. It was really uh, maybe a little coincidental, but it might be the Lord. And I just felt, um, yeah, I was just experiencing or thinking about some like practical needs that, um, you know, me and my wife have, we've we've been looking for a car for a little while. I was thinking about some like (laughs) relational needs in terms of like I was out of energy and I just needed more, uh, just needed some energy from the Lord. And, uh, I just, the Lord kind of prompted me to practice trust by like saying a breath prayer uh, from this passage, which is if he's going to take care of the flowers, 
he'll take care of me and just kind of inhaled and breathed it out. And um, like for me, like trust is a pretty, uh, it doesn't feel that concrete. Um, so maybe the practice there is maybe a breath prayer in this example, but, yeah. but to practice trust in the way he's inviting us to, because he does want to take care of us and he wants to comfort us and what we need. So can you just demonstrate that breath prayer? Yeah. Yeah. We can do it real quick. It was just breathing in saying, Lord, if you can take care of the flowers, breathe in. If you can take care of the flowers and breathe out, you can take care of me. Beautiful. That's so cool, man. And how cool that you were in this passage. We did, you, Israel didn't even know he was going to be doing this with us until last night. So, <laughs> um, For me, again, I think the command is do not worry about tomorrow. And so I think practically what that looks like for me is probably occasionally I just need to get still and sit with, okay, what, what am I thinking about and concerning myself with and filtering Okay, that stuff is tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to feel tomorrow. I don't know what grace and resources God's going to give me tomorrow. I can't think about that, you know? Um, so, all right, Lord. So sitting still, Lord, of, of the concerns I'm feeling, which of them really need to be uh, thought about and dealt with right now in this moment? And which of them are you asking me to, to uh, think about tomorrow? That makes sense? So that was like another 10 minutes. Do you think you could do the sword method with a passage with some people that you know and study the scripture in this way? Asking, what is God like? What does this say about people? And how can we obey? What's he asking us to do? Yeah. I'll say, check, check. I'll say too, I'm pretty confident most of your kids are familiar with this as well and in, in the different resources we have, you know, for DNAs and our small groups and stuff with, you know, 6th to 12th graders. This is a pretty normal thing that we do. And so this can be a really fun thing to do as a family. I'll just plug that in right there. Very cool. Family discipleship action. Well, as we go into our next one, which is just praying the scripture together. We modeled that two weeks ago. We'll just model it briefly um, regarding this passage that we just studied. And we'll just pray. We'll just think about those words of Jesus and we'll just pray them and agree together. Lord, uh, it's uh, you know what we need. Please help us to trust that you know what we need to ask you for it, and to trust you. Please, Lord, we are prone to worry, and we just can't. It's not normal for us anymore. Please free us from worry. Please help us to seek first your kingdom and to trust you to take care of the needs we have. Lord, it's really easy for me to give myself over to storing up treasures on earth, and I pray that you would keep me from that today. I pray that you would guide my thoughts and my actions um, in a way that will allow me to be storing up treasure in heaven, treasure that's going to last. Lord, I pray that, that today when I'm faced with the option of either doing something in order to gain approval from people or uh, doing something just for your eyes only, Lord, I pray that you would um, help me to live for you. Just for, I want to live for an audience of one. Lord, I want to live in a way um, that's loving and not manipulative, in a way that's caring and compassionate and not selfish. 
Lord, and I want to be wealthy in the things that last forever. Would you help me today? Yeah, and Lord, I, I know I'm going to be tempted today to worry and be concerned about tomorrow. And I'm going to have uh, temptations to um, think I'm not as needy as I really am. And uh, I just want you to remind me that I am needy, and that's okay. That's the gospel, that I need you. you remind me of that today, and remind me that you are taking care of me. Just like you take care of the flowers and the birds, you are going to take care of me. Amen. So now we want to invite you guys to take the next step with us and get into pairs of three and pray these passages um, for a few minutes. And if praying out loud is very scary or daunting to you, as it is to some, um, you can literally look at the passage, say a word from it, like you say, do not worry, please help us. That's the prayer. Um, You say to seek your kingdom, please help us. That's the prayer. So do you guys think you could practice it? Okay, so break up into groups of three. The passage will be up here. And then just as we modeled for you, you'll just pray anything that's been happening within you. Here's the whole passage from the Lectio from 19 to 34. Does everyone have a group they're praying with? Let's just come together real quickly and just say some simple prayers.
Maybe about one more minute. Is that okay? scripture people can we come back together I know sometimes a barrier is simplicity sometimes something is so simple that you feel like you know how to do it that you never do And so I hope that the practices today are helpful in their simplicity to know that you can do these with the people around you. Even in a short amount of time, we can, we can know what Jesus said to us. How powerful that God's people, all, all of you, just prayed the very words of Jesus for our lives in agreement with other people. How powerful were those five minutes of saying, these were the words of Jesus. We're following you and we're agreeing and asking for help. Isn't that awesome? What what more is there? We're in relationship with God, knowing him, his words, praying them. He, he alone has the words of life. We have to know what he said. Otherwise, we're going to be deceived and quickly confused as we live in this foreign place. So I'm so glad we got to pray together because these are his very words for us and they're words of life. We're going to practice in another way what Jesus said and that's with practicing communion and Jono's going to lead us in it. Hello. So you can go ahead and begin to open your communion elements Uh Sometimes it can be a little bit tricky. I want to I read this passage here, 1 Corinthians, and then make a couple of comments. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And the word that stuck out to me was remembrance. Was remember. Because, you know, as followers of Jesus, we base our lives... We build our lives upon these astounding truths. You know, that God became a man. You know, he entered into our brokenness, laid his life down, 
died a painful death so that we could be restored to him, you know, purchased our freedom from sin and death, these just mind-blowing truths that we base our lives on. But somehow in this touch, taste, feel world we live in, these truths have a way of finding themselves at the margins of our lives. So Jesus, knowing that, gave us this tactile practice, you know, where we can, where we can hold the, the cracker, the body, and we can touch it, and we can, in a practical way, ground ourselves again in these fundamental, mind-blowing truths that we believe as followers of Jesus. So let's do that together. Let's, let's ground ourselves again. Let's, let's, let's center ourselves again, build our lives again around these truths of the gospel. So if you want to take the cracker and and hold it and you could maybe even just break it and and feel it and this is this is the body of of Jesus the living god that moved into the neighborhood that wasn't willing to leave you in your desperate broken place but that but that came to us and did what was required he offered his perfect body as a sacrifice and so we thank you Jesus We pull up strength, Lord, from this unbelievable truth and reality. And we ask that it could become central to our existence, foundational reality for our existence, Jesus. So let's take the body of Jesus together. You can open the, the cup. Again, Jesus knew that we are prone to forget and that we were going to need a practice so that we could remember again the most significant truths of our lives. And so as we drink the juice, let's remember the blood of Jesus that was poured out for us as the ransom for our sins. Ephesians 1 it says that before the foundations of the earth were laid, the Father had decided upon us as the object of his affection. He decided that through his son Jesus, he was going to adopt us into his family forever. So we bless you, Jesus. We thank you that you paid the price for our sin, Lord, that we don't have to live in fear of death. Jesus, I pray that as we go forth today that the truths of the gospel wouldn't be at the margins, Lord, but that they'd be at the very center of our consciousness, that they'd be be at the center of what we're thinking about and the way that we're making decisions and the way that we're treating people and the way that we're living. Let's just take a minute as we close. And just reflect on this question is the gospel at the center of my universe right now is the maybe ask I'll ask it differently is is the truth of who God is and what he's like the foundational reality of my existence right now 
Let's just pause for a moment with that question. Jesus, we have these truths. Would you empower us by the power of your spirit to claim them today and to live from them? In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Grace and peace to you. Have a wonderful week.